So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about emotional pop-ups. This uh, reading goes back to many years ago when I wrote this down. So I will be reading it. Um, These are my thoughts and I want to share them with you. So emotional pop-ups, I'm going to give a PC metaphor, like a personal computer. Um, So they come up on your mental screen, as with those annoying PC pop-ups. We close them down without looking to see what message it's wanting to convey. So when those uncomfortable emotions come up, we shut them down because we don't want to look at them. They're an inconvenience to our, you know, life. We want to just get on with what we're doing. If the same is done with your emotional pop-ups, there are consequences And the effects are twofold. First, you delay the opportunity to move towards your destiny because your emotions are a way of guiding you towards your destiny. And number two, you perpetuate the symptoms that are a result of not integrating, learning, processing the stuck, closed, suppressed emotion. So you're perpetuating uh, the symptoms and that's why the same thing happens over and over again. And you wonder why, because you haven't integrated the emotional part of you that wants to be noticed. So I'm going to carry on reading. If on the other hand, (coughs) if on the other hand, however, you decide that you want to read the message of the emotional pop-up, unlike computer pop-ups, they will be 100% certain something will be useful to you which it would be in your benefit and highest interest to pay attention to. Reading your emotional pop-up. So how do you do this? The signal. Noticing when it's there instead of a visual signal, usually made aware of an emotional signal viscerally in the form of sensations, usually in the heart solar plexus, base and throat chakra. So how do you read that signal? If we think of learning to read our emotions, it is the same as learning to understand a new language where we have to interpret the words that are spoken. We can develop the attitude necessary to approach it usefully. So there is uh, a degree of interpretation needed when you get a certain emotion come up within you. Reading emotions. Someone asking you what your purpose in life is. You get to the real core of what it is. And before you can even articulate it, you get an emotional response. Somebody says, what is the purpose of your life? Think about how your body's reacting. You feel it welling up inside of you and notice where in the body it has come from and then you, and then your eyes start to water. Another emotion then comes up and then you get a surprise at your emotional outburst. Effectively, having an emotional reaction 
to your emotional response to the realization of your highest purpose. So this is when people have an epiphany about what it is they're here to do and they have a realization and the emotion comes up. That's your spirit guiding you as to what your purpose is in life. And then you consciously, because you've been asleep, you've been working, you haven't, you know, literally not paying attention to your purpose, you get a reaction because you get that aha moment of, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You get that moment of clarity and it can be quite emotional, literally. So what normally happens is that people get overwhelmed by the surprise element, saying things like, I can't believe I got so emotional, it's so stupid, etc. But actually, it's not stupid at all. In fact, it is the main key to your genius, is understanding and reading those signs and signals that guide you towards your destiny and your purpose. Understanding the reasons you were alerted to pay attention to your higher self, i.e. the part of you that wants to be all you can be and have and have asked to be. These will be revealed why it's important or why was it important to pay attention to it even though its significance may not be immediately clear. The importance of reading emotions, are that here are the main reasons. They represent a link between the physical and the non-physical aspects of our being. As a chemical reaction experienced in the body, they provide information about our current state of being. They let us know what we need to do to maintain an equilibrium. They communicate to us an opportunity to make a decision. And there are two types. Out of the blue emotions, and these can represent emotions from the future. And number two, psychologically triggering emotions based on past representations, events, fears and phobias. Bliss is a timeless place where genius lives. So you've got the past, present and the future. So just to clarify that, the out of the blue emotions are ones that take you by surprise. These are the epiphanies, these are the aha moments, the realizations. And these generally are the emotions from the future telling you that, yes, this way, this way, this way. Psychologically triggered emotions are based in the past, based on the fears and the encodings and the traumas that you've experienced uh, in the past. And your brain is trying to protect you. And that's a physical survival thing whereas the emotional future um, out of the blue emotions are the 5d five fifth dimension telling you that uh, your higher purpose is this way and then you've got the bliss timelessness place where genius lives and that's probably um, the zero point field the zero point field <clears throat> So we use the brain to process human nervous system. 
It's a man as a manifestation tool to configure the qualities of experiences we are manifesting through it, as represented by emotionally charged signals, firings, and twitches. So it's a chemical brain response to your environment. Future emotions come from the C2 region. So this is the the field that I was talking about. Past emotions, reactions to events that have happened in reality or not, come from the C region. This is the physical region, the one that we can see as matter. Based on what we think is reality, I'm recording and according to how our brains have currently configured our default settings. So the programming. It is such... <coughs> it is such... default settings that we apply NLP techniques to both communicate the process of change and maintain it and give ourselves an emotional upgrade. So we use NLP to help us to control our emotions, use our brain to control our emotions. And Richard Bandler's written a book called um, Changing Your Brain. Changing Your Brain for a Change or something. I can't remember the exact title. Um, so the questions are, does the unconscious hold beliefs? And does the conscious mind seek to maintain them? So two questions there. So I'm going to try and answer this now. If consciousness is fundamental to everything, then how do we work with our beliefs to change responses to emotional reactions and adopt a priority for deciding to make a conscious decision to do that? Regarding the latter, perhaps understanding the new principles, the black hole principle, as cited by Mangius Mantelorton, Dr. Mangius Mantelorton, in her book, Punk Science, so that logically it can make sense to the rational mind. Mangius put together some science that helps us to understand the science of what the mystics has been say, have been saying. And now we've got the quantum physicists, such as um, Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza, all coming out with um, new thinking around this tapping in to the consciousness field and how it relates to us in this physical space and what we are supposed to do with that information. So regarding the former, is using NLP, etc., where emotions meet perceptions.
Okay, so where emotions meet perception. So with NLP, we change our perceptions through changing our the way we represent information. So the way we view things, changing pictures, changing colours, flipping feelings, things like that uh, in the techniques of NLP. So why is perception important? The place where change happens, either consciously, deliberately or not, conditioning, advertising, for example. So perception is important because it's where the where change happens. It is the point of where that point of awareness. Perception is everything. It's where change can be manipulated and accessed. Why is change important? Because we are not static beings and any attempt to do so being stuck, staying stuck equals disease. And so future emotions represent the gateway to evolutionary progress. And it's why it's important to start turning our attention to what is giving us a means of focusing on what we need to do to achieve it. I.e. the ability to read emotions, integrate them, and expand our awareness. The result will be less blocks to our emotional reaction, more trained responses to move in the direction of love, of love potential, i.e. our highest potential. This is the essence of the new paradigm living. The signs and messages have been there all along, but we are only just beginning to rediscover the nature of creation, how it works, and why we need to manifest more usefully via personal choice and deliberate thought about choosing to make future emotions an important aspect of our everyday culture. Um, that's all I've got so far. I'm, I think there's more to it, but I'm, I've lost the bits of paper, so I'll record the rest when I find them. Thank you. Building your own states. So we're going to work on building a state of reverence. What does it mean to be in a state of reverence? It means to be in awe of and respect deeply. Imagine if you had that feeling towards yourself. Stately determination. A single moment when all things lie in a state of potential. Adopting responsibility for the creation of something. Reverence comes with experience and care. Express the wonder of all that we know as human. Or that we knew as human. Contemplation of our world brings a great sense of wonder. 
Where have you imbued a moment with reverence? Can you remember a time when you stood in awe of something? Like a beautiful view or an amazing landscape? What type of moments can you remember that you have filled with a sense of reverence? A moment where all of your attention has been focused on creating something with care and diligence with a stately determination to bring something into existence. A painter poised above the blank paper, for example. It is not the painting to come that is as important as the single moment when all things lie in a state of potential. Will something ugly or beautiful be created? The stately determination to make something worthy of the materials and the moment is reverence. So we're going to do an exercise now to create the state of reverence. Number one, think about a moment where you were in a state of reverence. Notice the feelings you get in response to this. Then you're going to turn it inward. You're going to apply this feeling and you're going to be in awe and respect of yourself deeply. Think about your life from this model of the world. So you have this sense of awe and reverence for yourself and respect. How would your life look from this point of view? What things would you say yes to? What things would you refuse to tolerate? And how would you treat yourself? And how would this enable you to treat others? A little exercise that you can do to build your own state of reverence. Thank you for listening to this podcast. So we're going now to create your own brand of emotion. We're going to access, amplify and apply resourceful states. And you're going to choose your own emotion. So think back to a time when you felt the feeling of being in a desired state. So for example, if you want to feel productive, can you remember a time when you felt productive? I want you to go back to that time, see what you saw, hear what you heard and feel what you felt. Notice the feelings you get in response to this thought. Continue thinking this thought while you notice all the elements. Is it a movie? Does it have sound? Does it have a certain quality, feeling, etc.? Having noticed all these elements, make the movie of this and make it brighter, turn up the sound and increase the feeling to amplify it and make it more intense. Speed up the feeling, turn up the sound, make it brighter, make the images bigger. That's right. And now, when you've got those emotions spinning in your body to an intense amount, then you're going to 
think of this more intense feeling. Notice where you could apply the, your, this in your life. By thinking of a situation in a future or time, create the scenario in your mind and walk through it in this state of intense emotional resource that you've just set up. And you can use this for any emotion you choose and build it into a future scenario where you can pre-plan how you're going to feel in a specific situation so that you're already prepared and it just turns on and gets you into that place without you even having to try it. This is called neuro-linguistic programming. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The nature of emotions. This following paragraph I have channeled and I'm going to read it now. Channeled by Gina. An insight into our emotions gives us the ability to know what we need to do to change them. If we take a look at what we do, we can notice what needs to be there in time. Emotions have been described as time forms by Manfred Kleins, and he is right in assessing their their lucidity over time. He did this by measuring wave impulses from the brain that showed a particular way in which these wave forms were shaped. Since we are sentient beings in time, we can rely on the measurement of such phenomenon to guide us in our understanding of how the emotions work to provide us with information. Informing us of our states, our emotions take pride of place in our uses of what happens in our neurology. Once manifest, they can judge our responses and find a pattern that simulates what we refer to as traits. Personality traits have been defined as continuous patterns over time, with descriptions of those we deem to possess such personality traits as being mild-mannered or happy-go-lucky sort of people. When resisting its expression, emotion becomes an obstacle over which we must climb. The venue of this event being our minds, we have a duty of care to ensure that we service them in a safe and timely manner. This means that we can each we can this means that we each can notice the revenue of how we perceive one event from the next by focusing on what needs to be done in the moment. It's all a matter of time in the end. As an example of this, I would like to invite you to notice how you're feeling right now. What is the special quality of that feeling? Does it tell you something you need to know? Or does it just focus on what is happening right now? Were you aware of the feeling before this moment? Or did you just find yourself paying attention to the instruction? 
Where did your knowledge come from? And how did you know it was there? The answer is, your emotions let you know. A sort of biochemical signal that flashes alert signals when stimulus are registered in the brain. This protective mechanism helps you to understand a situation and its requirements in order to know how to react or respond. Ultimately, essential for all survival. And that ends the channeled paragraphs of the nature of emotions.